You know what? I, I need to, uh, I just need to ask you to bow your heads because I need to pray. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me just a moment ago. Some of you are in this room and you are so burdened down, you can't think straight. And there's just like a mammoth, mammoth power of darkness that's tried to shroud around you. I'm going to rebuke that. And I'm going to ask God to take that away from you before we go any further in this service. And those of you that are listening online, in Jesus' name, Father, I'm never, never do I want to disobey what I feel like you have spoken to me to do. No order, no structure of service, no timing of service is more important than listening to you. So in Jesus' name, if it's just one, if it's just one that's so burdened, so almost like a bondage, almost shrouded in darkness that the enemy is putting everything he can against them. And they have watched part of the world on the right or to the left fall apart. And that which they thought was solid is giving way. And their faith is troubled. In Jesus' name, I rebuke the lie of the enemy. I declare that is a lie. I declare that we are on the rock of Jesus Christ. And that, Father God, we're not in the business of giving up. We're not in the business of of limping forward. We're in the business of moving forward with a gallop that is beyond imagination. So in your name, Father, I declare victory. I declare the peace of God that passes all understanding will now move into the lives of those that you're concerned with in this service or listening online right now. Let it be so in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Well, I feel better now, and thank you for letting me do that. In your bulletin are the notes for the uh, message today and the teaching for Robert Morris. Uh, they're great no- notes, and he'll give you the kind of the reason why he calls it what test. What you're going to hear this morning is what you've been hearing 29 years out of me. 29 years. This church started the very first service 29 years ago today. And I started, I guess, uh, as, as lead pastor, uh, I think March, April, May, maybe uh, May 1st or June. Anyway, I've been here a long time. But I have always believed in the value of tithing and the favor of God. And I have never fudged on that, and I have encouraged every pastor, every preacher, every person, small or large church, don't cheat your congregation out of a blessing by being afraid to talk about giving. That is important because if the Bible is true, and I believe that it is, then there is a principle and a process you're going to hear about that is truth. So take a listen to the video, take a look, and I'll be back in a few moments. Just enjoy yourself and say, God, what is it you want to say to me through this video teaching this morning? I love you, everybody. Here we go, the test.
Well, I want to uh, welcome uh, all the churches that are joining us by simulcast, and we're doing something a little differently this week. We, we developed a ticker to just run at the bottom of the screen right here at the first to be able to show the churches that are joining us. So if you're one of the churches, now let me just say, if CNN and Fox News can do a ticker, Gateway Church can do a ticker. <laughs> just want you to know. But if you're one of the churches that's joining us, they're in alphabetical order, and so you can look and, and see the name of your church, and you can give a shout out when you see the name of your church. I do wanna just give a, a shout out to all the churches, but also I wanna give a shout out to Gateway Church Scottsdale with Pastor Preston, they're joining us. And let's welcome all the churches that are joining us by simulcast. Let's just say welcome to them. So we do, do we do welcome you? That'll run just a little bit longer till we get to the end of the churches. So you guys can keep looking at that if you're uh, at another church and wanna see the name of your church. Uh, but let me go ahead and start and tell you the title. Again, we're, we're in a series called The Blessed Life. And the title of today's message um, I got this title from something that I used to say a lot when I was in school. The title of this message is, What Test? <laughs> Any of you relate to this? Did you ever have that experience? You walk into class and everyone's got their books out and they're studying and they say, are you ready for the test? And you say, what test? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't do well uh, in school. Um, but I am proud of myself because I graduated in the top 10% of the lower one-third of my graduating class. So I'm proud of myself for doing that. But the reason I named it what test is because many believers don't know that there's a test in the Bible. And you actually take this test every time you get paid. So let's, let's take a little survey here. Uh, all the campuses and all the churches that are joining us, uh, how many of you get paid once a month? Can I see your hand? Put your hand up. How many of you get paid either every other week or uh, uh, twice a month? Can I see your hand? So that's most of us. How many of you get paid every week? Can I see your hand? How many of you never get paid? You just, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, okay. But if you ever get paid, <clears throat> You'll take a test. The test is, whom are you going to thank for your income? And you take that test by what you do with the first 10% of your income. Whom are, are you going to thank? Whom are you going to worship for your income? You know, some people thank Visa. It's the first one they pay. The only problem is that Visa does not have the power to bless your finances, Amen. but God does. So uh, turn to two passages, please. Malachi chapter three, last book of the Old Testament, Malachi chapter three, and then 2 Chronicles 31, we'll go over there in a moment. And we're gonna go through a lot of scripture in this message. Uh, and I wanna show you that tithing is scriptural and it is in God's word. So Malachi chapter three, Verse six, this is where we'll start, Malachi 3, six. For I am the Lord, I do not change. That's very important. I don't change, I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Now I think that's humorous, he says, I don't change, that's why I haven't killed you yet, uh, personally. 
That's what I think he's saying there. I was nice and I'm still nice, all right? Verse seven, yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances. Now we're gonna come back to that word ordinance. What does it mean? And have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall we return? Now, before we read verse eight, let me just remind you, this is God talking, this is God, the God who does not change. This is the God who does not change talking. He said, you, you, you go away from my ordinances. I just need to probably tell you, the word ordinance means a principle of ordinary behavior. You've gone away from my principles of ordinary behavior for, for God's children. And they say, well, in what way? Now, I want you to notice this because this next verse, a preacher didn't make this up. Okay, this is God speaking. Verse eight, will a man rob God or steal from God? Yet you have robbed me, you've stolen from me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? Now watch again, this is God talking, in tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that would be the church, that there may be food in my house. Again, that's the church. And try, the, the old King James uses the word prove, uh, the English Standard Version uses the word test. Test me now in this, says, says the Lord of hosts. I just want you to notice how many times he puts says the Lord of hosts so we remember who's talking here. The one who can't change is talking. Test me, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Uh, it, it, he's, this is God talking, and this is the God who can't change. You have to remember that. And he says, you've gone away from my ordinances. You've gone away from my ordinary principles of behavior. Uh, tithing is an ordinary principle of behavior for God's children to thank God for their income, for their harvest, for their increase. That's an ordinary principle. And he said, because you've gone away from my ordinary principles, you're under a curse now. And you need to understand, so many times we say, well, Christians can't be under a curse because Christ bore the curse of the law on the cross. He did. That is in regards to our salvation. But are you saying then that you can live any way you want and, and it doesn't affect you? Is that what you're saying? Because that's, that's just crazy to think that way. See, uh, if, we, if we steal, there are consequences. A curse is a consequence. If you steal, there's a consequence. What if you steal from God? And, and so many people say, well, yeah, but the, the, the Lord owns it all. Yes, but he actually gives us stewardship over it, but he reserves 10% for himself. That's why he says you've stolen, because he says, I have set apart the tithe for the house of God. So if you keep it, you're stealing it. And this word is also used in Joshua 6 and 7 when they took the tithe they were supposed to bring. He said, Israel has stolen, stolen. And again, please, please hear me. I, I didn't make these words up. Th these are strong words. God says, you've stolen from me. You've robbed me. And because of that, you're under a curse. And I don't want you under a curse. I don't want you living under a curse. But you're voluntarily placing yourself under a curse because you're going away from my ordinary principles of behavior.
Now, um, I had a conversation with the Lord one time about this passage because this is probably the most famous passage on tithing, although there are many passages on tithing, and I'll show you some of them today. But this is probably the most famous one. And so I had a conversation with the Lord one time, and I said, Lord, uh, uh, the number one reason that I hear that people don't tithe is they say, well, that's in the Old Testament. That's in the Old Testament. And so I said to the Lord, um, you know, Lord, you put this in Malachi 3, and then there's Malachi 4, and then Matthew 1. Couldn't you have just waited? I mean, just a little while. I mean, that you know, these verses only miss the New Testament by like 15 verses. I mean, couldn't you just waited just a little while and put it, you know what the Lord said? To him, I just felt in my spirit, he said, I put it right where I wanted it. And the reason is, here's point number one, because tithing is a test. Tithing is a test. See, God is testing our hearts. Even when a person argues about tithing, I think to myself, what is the spirit behind this? Why would this person argue when God gave his son for you and you won't even give him 10%? Why would you argue about this? It's amazing to me. I'm telling you, it's a test of your heart. It's a test. Now, uh, I, here's why I believe uh, he chose 10%. By the way, the word tithe uh, is a Hebrew word. Uh, Ma'ashra is the Hebrew word, and it means tenth part or ten percent. Tenth part, tenth. Okay, so that's where we, we get this from, that we know it's ten percent. Okay. Here's why I think he chose ten percent. First of all, I think he chose a percentage because it's fair to everyone. It doesn't matter if you make 30000 or 300000 it's a penny on every dime. It's the same for every person. Uh, but here's the reason I think he chose ten. Because for some reason, many times when you see the number 10 in the Bible, it represents testing. You'll actually see the word test with it. Uh, for instance, let me, let's, let's take a little test, all right? I'm going to ask, ask you a question, and I want you to answer me uh, out loud. Uh, all the campuses, all the churches, just say your answer out loud, all right? Here's the first question. How many plagues were there in Egypt? 10, right? Now, I could have said it a different way. I could have said, how many times did God test Pharaoh's heart? Because that's what he did. But we're familiar with how many plagues there were, all right? Here's the second question. How many commandments are there? 10, okay? Um, now, I'm going to ask another question, and you might not know this, but there's a, a pattern <laughs> here, okay? And this is in Numbers 14 where God actually says this. You can read it later, all right? But, and then I want you to say your answer just a little louder, okay? Uh, how many times did God test Israel in the wilderness? Ten. That's correct. All right. How many times, again, you might not know this, but okay. How many times were Jacob's wages changed? Ten. Ten. God was testing his heart. How many days was Daniel tested? Ten. How many virgins were tested in Matthew 25? Ten. How many days of testing are mentioned in Revelation? Ten. How many disciples were there? No, there were 12. I was just testing you. I was just, just, I was just testing you. Okay. So tithing is a test. And, but here's something that you might not know. It's a two-way test. God not only tests you, but this is the only place in Scripture that I've found where God says, you can test me. Test me. This word try, that is sometimes translated test or prove, uh, it comes from uh, the way you test a metal, the way you test gold to see if it's pure. You know what God is saying? 
Test me to see if I'm pure. Test me. I want you to. I want you to see because I want to open the windows of heaven. I want to bless you. I want to rebuke the devourer for you. But it depends on whether you're going to thank me and worship me and walk in faith and whether you're going to believe that 90% with God's blessing will go farther than 100% without. And you open an area of faith when we do this. Again, I hear people say things like, you know, is that Old Testament? Or someone will say, well, you know, that's under the law. Tithing was under the law. Well, first of all, I'll show you some scripture that tithing was way before the law, hundreds of years before the law and after the law and in the New Testament. So I'll show you those scriptures, all right? But uh, I don't understand that argument. Well, it was under the law and I, I'm under grace now. Now, I'm not saying we do it because obviously we're saved by grace, but there are principles that were under the law that we should still walk in as believers. Thou shalt not commit adultery was under the law. Are you saying as a believer you can, you can walk in adultery and, there, and, and no consequences? Uh, thou shalt not murder was under the law. Are you saying that because it was wrong under the law, now it's right under grace? See, it's crazy. All right, let, let me give you an example. Um, uh, Pastor Todd, um, give me your wallet. Just, just give me your wallet, okay? Yeah, there you go. Thanks. Okay. I'm going to keep this because thou shalt not steal was under the law. And I'm a believer. And so I can steal and it's okay. Okay. Let me just ask you something. Is that foolish? Yes. It's crazy. That's crazy. Okay. So I'm, because I'm not going to keep your wallet, there's not even any money in it. <laughs> so, all right. So there you can keep your wallet. What'd you do? What'd you do? What did you do? Why is everyone, why is everyone laughing? You took your money out? I tell you before the service, I'm gonna do this illustration and you take your money out? I'll get you back, all right. All right, here's number two. Number one, tithing's a test. Here's number two. Tithing is biblical. Biblical. You need to know that it's biblical. There are a lot of people that, that don't tithe, and, and here's really, you're, you're not a bad person if you don't tithe. You're not a bad person. Uh, I'm not saying that at all. Not at all. You're not a rebellious person. But a lot of people don't really believe it's in the Bible. They don't really believe it's for us today. So let me show you some scriptures, all right? We'll get to 2 Chronicles 31 in a moment. Genesis 14, verses 18 through 20. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, Salem means peace, brought out bread and wine. There's a representation of, of communion, even in the Old Testament. He was the priest of God most high. And he blessed him, now that's talking about Abram, Abraham, Abram, and said, blessed be Abram of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. Now watch this. And he, that's Abram, Abraham, gave him, that's Melchizedek, a tithe of all. You, you need to know, if you don't know this theologically, this is about 500 years before the law. And Galatians says Abraham's our spiritual father. And Melchizedek, Hebrews says, is a type of Christ, and many theologians believe it's actually Jesus Christ because it says he has no gene genealogy. That's what Hebrews says, no mother, no father, no, no beginning of days, no end of life. It's pretty amazing. So it's either Jesus himself or a type of Christ. And our spiritual father 
tithes, gives 10%, 500 years before the law. Because it's a principle. And I'm gonna take you next week and show you 2,500 years before the law, the same thing. I'll show it to you next week, all right? Look, look at Genesis 28, verse 22. This is talking about Jacob. And this stone which I've set up as a pillar shall be God's house. Again, an implication that the tithe goes to God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. This is about 400 years before the law. Leviticus 27, 30. And all the tithe of the land, all of it, all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. In other words, it belongs to God. It is holy to the Lord. Remember the word holy means set apart. God has set it apart for him. That's the only reason he could say, you're stealing from me. Because I set that apart for my house, and if you keep it, then you're stealing it. Uh, Deuteronomy 26, verses 1 and 2. And it shall be when you come into the land which the Lord your God has given you as an inheritance, and you possess it and dwell in it, that you shall take some of the first, I'll show you next week in just a moment, and later down in this passage, how that refers to the tithe, first of all the produce of the ground, which you shall bring from the land that the Lord your God has given you, and you put it in a basket, now watch this, and go to the place where the Lord your God chooses to make his name abide, again, referring to church. Or you go, to, you go to church. You go to a place where the Lord chooses to make his name abide. Then look at verse 13. Then you shall say before the Lord your God, I have removed the holy tithe. In other words, the set apart 10%. The holy tithe from my house and have given them to the Levite, the stranger, the fathers, and the widow. He, he directed where the tithe was to go. According to all your commandments which you have commanded me, I have not transgressed your commandments, nor have I forgotten them. I've not eaten any of it when in mourning. I didn't use some of the tithe when I went through a difficult time. Nor have I removed any of it for any unclean use. Think about how sometimes we use our money actually for sinful purposes. And some of it, and we might be using the tithe. And it's just amazing to me how the Bible says this. Nor given any of it for the dead, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord my God and have done according to all that you have commanded me. Look down from your holy habitation from heaven and bless your people. I've removed the holy set apart tenth part from, from my house, and I've given it, brought it to your house, Lord. And now, he says, you, after you do that, you can pray this prayer. Look down from heaven and bless your servant. Okay, let me ask you a question, all right? If Jesus himself, if Jesus himself said you ought to tithe would you tithe? Okay, I'm gonna go ask these people over here. Y'all okay. No, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. Let me ask all of you, okay? Campuses, all the churches. If Jesus himself said, you ought to tithe, would you tithe? Okay. Here's the sad part. Some of us still have to think about it. That the one that bled and died on the cross if he said you ought to give 10%, we still have to think about it. Okay, so let me put it another way. If Jesus said it, that you ought to tithe, in the New Testament, in red, <laughs> uh -huh. 
would you do it? You want to see the verse? Matthew 23, 23, Jesus is speaking. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe, 10%, of mint, anise, and cumin. Those are spices. And have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. Watch very carefully. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. Okay, here's what Jesus said. You guys give tithes, not only of your first fruits, but you even give tithes of the spices that you're going to put on your food. But you've neglected justice, mercy, and faith. Then Jesus says, you ought to do that. You ought to do that. But don't leave the other undone. Now, one time after service, a, a guy came up to me and said, Pastor, I think that these you ought to have done refers to justice, mercy, and faith. I said, I don't, I don't think it does grammatically, and I don't think it does even in the original language, but I said, let's just say for a moment that, that your perspective is, is right. Let's just say this. These you ought to have done refers to justice, mercy, and faith. I said to him, what does the rest of the verse say? Without leaving the other undone. I got you either way. <laughs> and you know, I'm, I'm joking. I'm not trying to be arrogant about this. I'm just trying to take a, a difficult subject and, and put some humor in. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. You tithe, but you don't do this. You ought to do that, but don't leave this undone. Or you ought to do those things, but don't leave that undone. Either way. I'm sitting here thinking, this is, I just, I'm hoping it's hitting you. I mean, it's Jesus. New Testament. Okay, Hebrews talks about, again, Melchizedek and Jesus and how mortal men receive tithes on this earth. But let me show you what Hebrews says. Talking about Jesus is our Melchizedek. Watch this, Hebrews 7, verse 8. Here, mortal men receives, receive tithes, but there he receives them, of whom it is witness that he lives. Listen, you put your tithe in a plate or offering bag or basket or however the church does where you attend that, that receives that when you give your offering. Here we have boxes most people give online. However it is that you give your tithe, mortal men, take care of it, manage it, things like that. But listen, in heaven, he receives it, of whom it is witnessed, he lives. Jesus Christ receives my tithes. That makes me want to tithe. So, uh, it is biblical, and here's number three, tithing is a blessing. Tithing is a blessing. Okay, so let me tell you about Second uh, Chronicles 31 now. We're going to read there. So, if you put a marker there at Second Chronicles 31, um, Hezekiah one day is reading the scriptures and he sees these verses about tithing and they're in an economic recession and he realizes we're under a curse, the whole nation, because we're not tithing, we're, we're stealing from God. So that's where we pick up this story, Second Chronicles 31 verse four. Moreover, he commanded the people who dwelt in Jerusalem to contribute support 
for the priests and the Levites that they might devote themselves to the law of the Lord. Now, just, one, just, just stop for just a moment. Um, remember, Malachi said, bring the tithe in the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And again, they were talking about natural food. But think about it today, spiritual food. Right, let me just ask you something, all right? Do, when, you, when you come to church, do you enjoy the food, the spiritual food that you get? Do you enjoy it? Okay, someone's paying for it. Now, I know I'm being blunt. I'm not trying to be blunt. I'm not trying to be offensive in any way. I'm, I'm just, just a reality. Someone's paying for this building. Someone's paying for utilities. Someone's paying for the staff salaries. Someone's paying, not, not just for me to devote myself to the Word of God and to bring messages, but for uh, all the staff, for the youth ministry, for children's ministry, women's ministry, men's ministry, for the, uh, you know, teaching classes, for, for us, we, we have Kairos and Freedom Ministry and all of this. Okay, someone's paying for that. Okay, let me, so let me ask you a question. Let me just put it in a, talking about food here, let me give you an analogy. Would any of you here go to a restaurant, eat a meal, and then leave without paying for it? Any of you? Some Christians do that every week. They go to church, eat a meal, and skip out on the check. Here's, here's the sad thing. You're the one that's hurting. I, I don't preach on tithing because the church needs money. We're, we're, we're doing fine financially. We're doing fine. As a matter of fact, speaking just to Gateway Church right now, you're the greatest giving church I've ever known in my life. You're phenomenal. So I'm not doing this because, you know, the elders got together and, we, you know, the budget's down. The budget's up. We're okay. I'm doing this. Listen to me. I'm telling you from the bottom of my heart, and I say this before God, I'm doing this because of you. I promise you I'm doing this to help you. This will change your life, your family, your finances, your marriage, your children, your grandchildren. This will change you. I promise you. All right, so he puts out, he says, everyone needs to bring the tithe to the house of God. Now, look at verse five. As soon as the commandment was circulated, the children of Israel brought in abundance the first fruits. Again, I'll show you next week how that relates to the tithe. Of grain and wine, oil and honey, and of all the produce of the field, and they brought in abundantly the tithe of everything. There it is right there showing you it's the tithe. And the children of Israel and Judah who dwelt in the cities of Judah brought the tithe of oxen and sheep. Also the tithe of holy things which were consecrated to the Lord their God, they laid in heaps. In the third month they began laying them in heaps and they finished in the seventh month. Now these months relate to the harvest, okay? And when Hezekiah and the leaders came and saw the heaps, they blessed the Lord and his people Israel. Then Hezekiah questioned the priests and the Levites concerning the heaps. And Azariah, the chief priest from the house of Zadok, answered him and said, since the people began to bring the offerings into the house of the Lord, again, the tithe always comes, goes to the house of God, we had had enough to eat and have plenty left, for the Lord has blessed his people. And what is left is this great abundance. Okay, here's what happens. Uh, the, the king sends out the, this uh, commandment and says, we're, we're supposed to be tithing to the house of God. So the people began doing it. They began in the third month. 
which is a harvest time, but then there's another harvest, the seventh month, and they continue through that time. And, and so when the king comes to visit and he sees these heaps, heaps that the people brought to the house of God, here, here's what in essence he says. It says he questioned them about the heaps. Here's what he's saying. Are the people okay? Are they okay? I mean, look, look how much they've given. Or do they have enough left? And the priest said, oh, king, as soon as the people started to do it God's way, God so blessed them what you're seeing here is just the 10%. If you think there are heaps here, go look at the 90%. Go look at how God blessed his people when they begin obeying his word. Uh, I've been in ministry now for over 30 years. I've heard two testimonies for that time about tithing, consistent testimonies. You know, scripture says in the mouth of two or three witnesses. Okay, here are the two testimonies people have said to me. Tithers consistently have said to me, we are so blessed. Boy, it all changed when we begin tithing. We are so blessed, Pastor Robert. We are so blessed. That's what tithers have said. Here's what non-tithers have said. I can't afford to tithe. That's their testimony. I can't afford to tithe. And, and again, not me, not rebellious people, just I can't afford to tithe. Listen to me. You will never be able to afford to tithe until you tithe. Because tithing is what breaks the curse and rebukes the devourer. As soon as you start to get ahead, something else will break. Because the devourer. But tithing is what rebukes him. Okay. Um, let me give you one more illustration. Um, Jason and Steve and Todd, will, will you guys stand up? And if you guys will move down kind of toward Todd there uh, so that they can, everyone can get, a, you can get a shot of them for the other campuses and churches and all. Okay. Um, uh, I'm going to give you an illustration. Let's say that I say to these three men, I'm, I'm going to go away for a while. And, um, and I've provided for Debbie, but I want to provide some additional funds for her. But I want to channel or funnel those funds through you three men. So I'm going to send all, each of you $10,000 a month, okay? <laughs> Jason, don't get that excited. This is just an illustration. Um, <clears throat> okay. So... Uh, I'm talking to Debbie Everett, and I say it to, to you, but I want you to give Debbie 10% of it, $1,000 a month, and you can keep the 90%. Just give my wife 10%. So I'm talking to Debbie every day and, and letting her know, you know, it's an extended trip, but I'll be back in several months. I have to be gone. And after about three months, I, I think about these other funds, and I say, hey, how are the funds coming in from the, the three guys? You know, and uh, she said, well, uh, Jason sends $1,000 a month. Just like you said, as a matter of fact, it arrives like January 1st, February 1st. I mean, he's like clockwork, it's $1,000, so good, good job, okay? Um, I said, well, what about Steve? She said, well, Steve is sending $2,000 a month. I said, $2,000 a month? I, I didn't ask him for $2,000 a month. I just asked him for $1,000 a month. I know. I said, well, why is he sending two? I don't know. He just sends $2,000 a month. Hmm. I said, well, what about Trader? Uh, Todd, sorry. <laughs> Todd. <laughs> I said, what, 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 what about Todd? She said, well, we, we need to talk about Todd. <laughs> I said, well, why? What, what's Todd doing? Well, the first month he sent 700. The second month, 400. And this last month, he didn't send anything. Okay. Now, I want you to think about this. Think about this. How do you think that makes me feel? And I'm giving him the 10,000. It's coming from me. And I just asked him for 
for my wife. He can keep the 90%. Okay, what do you you think I'm going to do? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm not going to send him any more money because he's proven to me he can't be trusted. And I'm going to take what I'm giving him and I'm going to give it to Steve and Jason because they've proven they can be trusted. Okay, you, you guys can sit down. Okay, now think about this. Jesus said, I'm going away for a while. Is that right? I'm going away, but I'm coming back. But while I'm gone, I want you to take care of my wife. 10%. You can keep the 90. Um, Let me just just remind you, is the church the bride of Christ? Okay, listen to me very carefully. Tithing might be more personal to Jesus than what you thought. Because it's his wife. He has the power, and if you say, well, I can't believe you just take it away and give it to the others. If you don't think Jesus would do that, read the parable of the talents. When he took from the one that wasn't faithful and gave it to the one who was faithful. He wants to provide for you. But why would he provide and bless people who will not even be concerned about his wife? It's a test, and it's very important we pass this test. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Pretty good teaching. I've been teaching that my uh, whole ministry, and... uh, Found it works. I learned to uh, <clears throat> I learned to give, and uh, when I was a teenager and working, and uh, I was the youth pastor in a small church uh, there in Winter Haven, and some of the leadership came to me and said, "We're uh, we're taking up an offering to buy our pastor. It's his anniversary here. We're going to buy him a pair of, of wingtip shoes." And um, I thought, well, that, that's wonderful. I, I'd just gotten paid. And uh, I thought, uh, I, didn't, I didn't throw the shoebox away uh, because, you know, when you're a teenager and your money and uh, trying to make money, to buy a new pair of shoes was, uh, that's pretty good expense. Um, so I, w- I would save, you know, take, take the shoe, put it down on cardboard and trace out the sole and then trim it and slip it inside if I had a hole in the bottom of my shoe. Man, if I'd have had duct tape then, there's no much telling how much mileage I could have got out of that piece of cardboard uh, with duct tape on it. But I would slip it in there and I thought, here I am, I have, uh, I have, you know, and the only reason I did that, it would tear my socks up because there's a hole in it and when it was raining, my foot would get wet. So I put the shoe box in there. And it worked. So when they came to me and said, you know, we'd like for you to give, uh, you know, help us. I thought, I'm just a teenager. <laughs> I don't have much money. Well, I'd just gotten paid and all I had was $20 bills. And so I reached in my pocket and guess what? I hadn't spent anything. There were no $1 bills in there. And there's a 20. I took that 20 out and I gave it to them. And said, here you go. Uh, enjoy the shoes, Pastor. And 
and be blessed. But it was then, I'll never forget it, that the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you're going to be a giver the rest of your life. And do whatever you do and say whatever you say to encourage other people to be givers. And that's how that happened in my life. So Sharon and I, when, when we get paid, it's online, of course, and she takes care of that. And we're twice a month, and she puts the tithe in. But we also give to the development fund. Now, in your, um, in your bulletin there should be the envelope that looks like the, or the uh, tithe or the visionary should be there in an envelope in case you forgot it. You should have received a letter in the mail from me. Uh, and it uh, looks, like, uh, looks like that, two pages of it. And then you should have had this in there to take a look at it uh, because it's my responsibility to coach you, to encourage you, to teach you, to provide opportunities for you to be able to be blessed. And this is one of those ways. So, Sharon, we support the development fund, and then we also support missions. Last year we gave in excess of $1.3 million dollars the church did to missions, and, and we do that. Those are the three main areas. And then when someone comes to speak uh, and we take up a special offering, we engage in that. Because here's, here's what I believe. As long as you're giving out, the Lord, the Lord will give back into you, but it'll be pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And I've learned that my whole life. I've taught our grandkids that. If we give them any money, you be sure and tithe on that. I even go through the showers we have here at church. When they have a wedding shower or they have a baby shower, I do that very casually. Somehow or another, I find my way in the room where they have it. And I said, somebody, if you don't mind, calculate what you think the tithe will be on all those presents. You really do that, Pastor? How many believe I do? Absolutely. Why? Why do I do that? Because I know they're going to be blessed. Some of them laugh, and most don't ever do it, but those that do will be blessed by the grace of God. So here's what I know. If you take a look at this card, and we're going to receive them in a few minutes, it says, I commit to tithe 10%. Now, if now, with all the teaching in the last three weeks, and all the preaching I've done, that you don't have that down, if that's not in your heart, there's not much more I'm going to be able to say to you that's going to get you to check that box. But I can tell you this, you will never, according to the Word, receive the kind of favor from God in a way that He chooses until you learn box number one. So may I encourage you, those of you, just please do it. And let me say this, if you make $1,000 a week, and I use that a term, and you put $20 in the plate, on Sunday, and you call that your tithe, you failed math in school. Because you and I both know that out of $1,000, a tithe out of that $1,000 is $150. We all know that. <laughs> well, if I'm going to make a mistake, it's going to be on the upside. You know that. But you, you understand that. And then here's what I'm really asking you to, to help with. I commit to give and during the next 12 months to Victory's Development Fund. What does the Development Fund do? Well, we have explained it, explainified it, put it here. Our ministry advancement goals, they're here. 
but we also give you the capital goals. For example, the carpet, we have to, uh, out of the tithe, we don't have a capital budget that even comes close to now some of the wear and tear on the building that belongs to the Lord. We have children's space and amenities in our childhood area. Uh, we need to make changes. The carpet needs to be replaced. We painted the nurseries a couple of weeks ago, so we're already starting on that. Sanctuary renovation, some of the carpet is stained. It's worn out in certain places. We patched it, but it's time. This is the house of God, friend. We want to keep it up, so those renovations are going to come. Uh, we, of course, security and safety is big on the agenda right now. More security cameras and more help with that. Exterior signage and lighting, brighter lights in the parking lot to help. And someone came up to me after the first service and said, you need to get a golf cart out there to haul some of us people in to church. It's a long walk from way out there in the parking lot. How many believe it's a long walk out there? But see, what you don't understand, part of our health program here at Victory Church <laughs> is we try to get people to have as many steps as they can in a day's time. And that's one of the reasons we've not done that, because we know that it would harm you if we did that. How many thinks that makes sense? <laughs> a few do. <laughs> Bring on the carts, brother. <laughs> well, we're going to start with wheelbarrows. <laughs> Y'all messing me up now. And campus master plan. We will, we will, we're 29 years old. We will build more buildings for classroom space, for youth center. Right now they double use the sanctuary or the uh, family life center. We're out of classrooms. We will build more space for our young people and our children and for our Christian education. We will. That is a, a, a building program that will take place in the not-too-distant future. We know that. It's all over us. That has to have a master plan. Our master plan that we have continually, we scrap, scrap it and start over because something else happens. So I'm asking you to take a look and say, I, I will help. Right now, our goal is 500000 in the development program. And we get somewhere uh, a year, I think maybe I'm saying 300000 And that has to go up a little bit compared to the things that we need to do. So what would you do? That's offering. And then I, I put this amount right here enclosed for the development special offering. That's cash that you give today or you give tonight or you give next week. So here's one of that check the tithe. If you don't check anything else, check that tithe. And then help us with the development. Some of you weigh in. Let it be a sacrificial opportunity and give it unto the Lord. And then the cash offering. So put the cash in there and help us or go online and do it. Ushers, would you come? We're going to receive this. Uh, hopefully you've had time to complete it. Uh, and you have listened and you have heard. And uh, we have done our best to inform you. And that's all God requires. Amen? It's all he requires. How many of you appreciate the online stream that we have now? It's out. That's good. I'm glad you do. How many of you online appreciate it? Raise your hand. God bless you and you and you and you. Thank you so much. Let me say about the online. The online was never designed so you could stay home, put your feet up, eat a cinnamon roll, and drink coffee instead of coming to church. 
because you missed the fellowship. The online was for those who might be inconvenient, and many of our northern guests watch us, and we are around the world. Our missionaries watch us. Right now, they're watching. So that's the purpose of the online, to honor God. So hopefully, you have prayed, and hopefully, you're going to give it your best shot, and you're going to trust Jesus in this. So, Heavenly Father, we trust you, we love you, we thank you. We feel your presence. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Well, part of the gospel is tithing. Part of the gospel is sacrificial giving. Part of the gospel is honoring you first. That's all the gospel message. So help us in Jesus' name. And may we, may we together see phenomenal things take place and may more lives come to faith than ever before in Christ's name. Amen. We're going to receive it. I'll give the benediction in just a moment.